What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and I'm joined this morning by the great Zach Sneath, fresh out of bed. Zach, how are you, sir? <laughs> Doing good, man. I'm actually here in the office right now, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now it's a good time. Uh, so I take my break now so we can record this. Excited to talk about 355, and we got something else in store, so excited to talk about that, too. Absolutely. All right. So we were among the two people, uh, the two, we were two people out of the $4.8 million that this movie made. Uh, so it was us and maybe seven others who saw this movie. <laughs> uh, but yes, the 355 starring Jessica Chastain, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, and Lupita Nyong'o, um, also starring the Winter Soldier himself, Sebastian Stan. Uh, this was a action thriller, spy thriller movie um, with our four female leads. Uh, I'll kick it off. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm not going to lie. I actually really thought it was it was a pretty solid film. Now, this film got it's sitting at a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it was not loved by critics, but the audience scores at an 83%. Now I'm more in line with the audience score here because I'm like, it was it was more character driven than I expected it to be. And and the good thing about that is when when you have a character driven story, you can make more of those kinds of stories. So I really dug it because I cared about the characters and their story and where they go from here more than I cared about, you know, what this particular story was about. So I, I think that was the disconnect between audiences and critics. But uh, for me, I dug it. What, where, where did you land on the 355? Yeah, so <laughs> I don't have to completely disagree with this. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think it was kind of a stretch. The characters are forgettable. Like, I mean, there, it just wasn't wasn't really my thing. Um, like, the characters seem to me just to get lost. Like, it just seems like they're trying to make something different, like, as if this was a James Bond film. But the problem is it's, it's not a James Bond film. It's not. We don't know these characters. And to be honest, it just seems like kind of a stretch. Um, to try to make it different um and so it wasn't my favorite movie overall yeah we're gonna disagree <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely gonna disagree on this one uh because like i don't feel like i mean obviously you know it's a spy thriller so you know you're gonna have comparisons to other spy films and you know you can't have a movie like No Time to Die come out in the same year and be like, oh yeah, these these two, you know, it'll be in the same vein. Like, no, it's, it, it can't be. But um, I I just thought what they did was, I would I, the word I would not use is original. Of course not. <laughs> like, it's not original by any stretch of the imagination. No, even this year alone, you've had like five other female-led assassin-driven movies. So like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's not it's not original. But um, what I enjoyed about it was the simple fact, like I said, like I said, because it was character driven, right? So like we meet uh, Jessica Chastain and and her her character. She's obviously the lead in this story, and you know we get to see what her her major hangup is and and all of that. Then we meet Diane Kruger's character. Then we meet Penelope Cruz's character. Then we meet Lupita Nyong'o's character. And we each, they each bring an element of, of their own story. And why I like that is because like, no matter how this story ends, we know that Jessica Chastain's character, she has trust issues, even more so now. Um, Lupita Nyong'o's character, she's lost the love of her life she's going to be a little bit more unhinged. Um, Diane Kruger character, her, her entire identity was tied to her job, which now she's exiled from. Um, Penelope Cruz uh, was very attached to her family and, and she, her family is the only one that survived. And she's not really 
like a, a hardcore assassin. How has her life changed from here? So like, that's where I'm like, now we like we have an idea of who these people are. So the the places we can go with them, I think, are wide open. Yeah, I uh, Penelope Cruz was the one yes. person I liked in this movie. <laughs> yes, she was good. <laughs> <laughs> On that, we agree. <laughs> uh, the rest forgettable i'm sorry they're, <laughs> they're forgettable like i think penelope did a really great job playing her character um but how can you forget penelope cruz in anything i feel like <laughs> so you know but the rest was i don't know even sebastian Stan, i wasn't i wasn't super impressed with his performance really no not really <laughs> um, it just seemed like i don't know he's once again an agent of some sort mm-hmm. it's like okay like are we just gonna start putting this guy in like the same role it's just i don't know i think he could have done more i think there could have been more depth to his character it's just like a very basic villain i don't know like you know what i mean yeah it's like well. this this movie reminds me of if i wanted to just read like a straight up like comic and just pick it up and not like a comic that's super in depth it's just like oh here's a bad guy oh they're fighting each other ha ah, like that's kind of what this reminds me of you know what and on that we do not disagree um like i said i think this particular story is very basic it's very predictable i think that's 100 true I, I am more interested in where this story could go than I am in this particular story. That that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, like I just looked up the cast and I realized that all of these characters had names and I I totally didn't even remember their names. So like when you say like they're forgettable, I'm like yeah they kind of are. But like like I said, like no one has a name in here where you're like oh. That's that's this person. That's like if I told you like oh name which which actor was Mace, you'd be like oh, <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? No, exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly. But like so they didn't do a great job I would say there in terms of like really establishing each individual character as their own person because this was Rossi. yeah except yeah exactly. So this was all about building that team right. And I agree with that. And it's sort of like a double-edged sword. It's like you either build the team or you build the individuals. And I thought they they tried to build the individuals, but really all, all that amount was building, building this team. So in that sense, yes, I do think the story for this particular movie is very, I love, I love how you compared it to a comic book. Very, very on that's an excellent comparison because it is very much like a story, a side story that happens within like, like a Marvel universe. <laughs> like you'd be like, right. you'd, be, you'd be like, Oh really? Like, like this small, very like, but the problem is it's not tied to the Marvel universe. No, it isn't. It, 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 it isn't <laughs> it's at just, all. It's like its own thing. So. It's, it's its own thing. It's just like, it's such a small, like ground level um, story that you're like, oh, this happened too? Like, oh, okay, I guess, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I said, I'm not gangbusters over this particular movie. Although I do think they did some cool things in this movie. I do like the the fight scenes uh, because I was nervous about that. <laughs> like, like, I'm not gonna lie. I've seen, I saw, uh, I don't know if you saw this movie, uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. I didn't, no. All right. So uh, that's another assassin, female-led assassin movie. Um, it very John Wick-like, right? So most of their choreography was gunfights, but there is one scene in like a hospital where she has to do like hand-to-hand combat, and it's hilarious because she doesn't have use of her arms, like <laughs> so she has to do it like using her legs in a chair, and it's really great uh, choreography, but it's one scene. You know what I'm saying, like. Right. So like, and then uh, I don't know if you saw Birds of Prey a few years ago. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one really, really hurt my 
like appreciation for female action movies because I was just like the choreography in that movie was so so bad. Like the yeah. stuff, the fight, the fight choreography was so bad. And there wasn't much very good about that movie, in my opinion. No, but <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, like so that was I was kind of going into it really nervous about the fight choreography because I was like, I I want more female action driven movies. But if you're going to do fight scenes, they have to be good. Here's the thing is I think sometimes that uh, people get so hung up on the fact it is female led. And I, I am for, you know, women's empowerment and stuff like that. I'm not saying anything against that. However, when you compromise reality, uh, <laughs> like a story or a movie just to make it female, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna make it female, make them look badass. Like, right. don't don't half-ass a movie, and just be like, oh, okay, well they're female. That's all that matters. It's like, no, you you like give them cool fight scenes. Give them, you know, everything you would give in a normal action movie, right? I mean, maybe the budget's not there, but there, I mean, there's certainly other things you can do to make it more interesting, right? Yeah. Like I said, forgettable characters. Like, if you want to make an impact with women then I think you should give us characters that are really memorable in some way and give us some more character development throughout the story. You know, I just wish they'd done more of that. Um, I think it had potential to be good. It just, to me, just ended up being not really anything to build up to. I don't think anyone's screaming, go, I want the 355, you know, number two, you know. I, I, I don't think I am asking. screaming that, actually. I am I'm 100% for the 355 part two. The five five three, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I'm 100 that guy. Um, like, uh, you made a good point. I wanted to I wanted to comment on it. Um, I don't know if you watched the John Campion show. Uh, shout out to the John Campion show. Listen to you every day. Um, but uh, Kimberly Curran, who's a co-host on the show, she also saw the three five five. She really loved it. She point. She made a great point that I that I absolutely have to to credit her for. She said one of the things that she loved about it was that it wasn't like these Victoria's Secret model uh, females who like hit a guy hit a guy three times their size in the face and then flip him over the shoulder, you know, like he's weightless or something like that. She's like these girls fight these guys and they kind of get their ass kicked, like you know, what I'm saying like it's very legit, like like. Jessica Chastain is the main character and she has to fight like a no-name security guard like in the movie and it takes a minute you know what I'm saying like like it it takes like a solid five minutes and she gets bruised up and banged up you know she she obviously eventually wins but like it takes a minute and I'm like that's what I really liked was like yeah we're not doing this whole like just because you're a female assassin you could beat anybody like no you have to have a tough time with a no-name security guard, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I dug it. I like I dug the fact that they're like I said, the fight scenes were great, and that they added the element of realism to it, so it wasn't like just pure. I think that's why I liked Grassi as a character because yeah. she was not. She like literally was purely just a psychologist like and it's like oh why is she in the field and like she actually acted like she doesn't know what she's doing (laughs) so i did like that about her i liked her character that's the only one like i could remember their name to be honest right like mace i don't like i literally was looking this up i was like what are the other names i'm like (laughs) these guys like yeah no um i really like grassi's character overall um so penelope cruz shout out to you he did a really great job with that yeah and I like that. I just think that when you just try to stretch so far to to make it about something and you're like not focusing as much on what you're actually doing with it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they're trying to make a point, but in order to make a point, you have to make sure it's good too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, this movie just wasn't good. It was close, but it, it was wasn't close. good. <laughs> I, like you know and for me i'm like no offense to simon kinberg i know that he's he's got a bad rep like like got a bad rep i mean this is the guy who did uh 
I think two of the worst movies of any franchise that anyone has ever seen in Dark Phoenix and uh, Dark Side of the Moon. I don't know what it is about Dark. He just can't get it right. Um, but yeah, he's got a bad rep. And no offense to him, but he should not have been the one to, to direct this movie. I do think he did an overall solid job, but I, I, I like... I can't tell you how how much I I probably would have enjoyed this film if say uh what is her name uh oh god uh oh god zero dark thirty director what is her name um can't think of it right now Kathy something I am I am drawing a blank um yeah I, I have to find it now. <laughs> I don't want to get her name wrong. Um, Catherine Bigelow. There it is. Like, I can't tell you how much I would have enjoyed this film if Catherine Bigelow had directed. Like, just bringing her sensibility, her style to an all-female action movie, I, I, I think it would have gotten just a, a slight bump in elevation just from, just from having a female director. Maybe that's me. Um, I do, like I said, I think Simon Kimber did an overall solid job, but you can tell like it's a it's a solid movie because of his direction. I just feel like she would have taken it a step further. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, I know we talked about like Penelope Cruz is definitely the standout. Definitely. Oh, the yeah, standout. absolutely. But I do think everyone else did a great job. I mean, like you. Have, oh, no, no, no. I think. Well, I'll say I'll say they did good with what they were given. Yes. Yes. I cuz I can't fault them for bad writing. I can't. I mean, I'm just I, I hate to say it. It's bad writing. Well, I, don't, uh, I, don't I, know I can't I can't I fault them for that. I don't know if the writing itself is bad. Or, uh, whoever developed whoever decided to make the characters who they are, like it's just very basic, very boring. Yeah, he wrote I, I just wish they gave him more depth. So there was uh, Kinberg was a writer, uh, Teresa Rebeck and Beck Smith. So he did have two female writers um, on the script with him. So that is good. I do want to point out that Teresa Rebeck also wrote Halle Berry's Catwoman movie. <laughs> so that's probably not a good <laughs> sign. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not a great sign, but um, yeah, like the writing we're gonna get to write this movie you remember catwoman yeah. not really <laughs> not really <laughs> let's do that yeah <laughs> well um, she's asking okay okay <laughs> i'm I sorry just, no i'm sorry we i mean no 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 shaming the writers to be honest <laughs> i mean i can't i can't write to save my life so i'm not right, gonna right. you know but i just personally viewing this movie it was not my favorite storyline and characters as i keep saying forgettable so yeah the, but yeah the, i mean they go through they go through the characters introduce them kind of one by one in their own way they somehow all are going after the same guy mm -hmm. end up teaming up right then they catch the guy people that they love die but in the end they win he comes back <laughs> live for a brief second then he's like you know at the cia and then now and then they kill him so like <laughs> that's that's the movie. <laughs> that's the movie. I'm sorry. Like I could have came up with maybe all of that within five seconds. Oh uh, uh like yeah, I mean that is like the basic overlay, I guess, of the story <laughs> in the most simplest terms. <laughs> but like what I what I dug, right? Um not story-wise, like story-wise. I do like how they uh, formed the team. I do. I did like that. Um, yeah, like, but the story itself, you know, they 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 made it a a sort of, and I'm I don't know if this was their intention or not, and it 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 shouldn't have been, <laughs> but it became sort of like a anti love story, I guess, where it's like like a love revenge kind of story where it's like the oh right sorry yeah. the guy who was head of cia was also in love with one of the agents yeah and then he stabbed her in the back, back. 
and, right. You know what I'm saying? And I was just as if like, I didn't see that coming. Right. And it was it. You could have done that, but it, at the same time, it was just so clearly foreshadowed that it was. It I mean, was yeah, just, because he's he has a bag with the weapon in it right. per se, and then. He loses it, and then the guys, the, the bad guys who are after weapon are asking him, do you have it? He right. says no, and they don't show them killing him. Right. So I assumed he's Fine. alive and hiding. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And I was right, and he came back. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And and then the ending, like, look, I know that Penelope Cruz's character was not an assassin, but if you shoot somebody... I mean, to be honest, though, the only reason they didn't kill him is because they needed to kill him at the end of the movie for yeah. revenge to come full circle. Yeah, like, there's a, so many times he should have been killed. Yeah, he should have been dead. <laughs> like, there's like three or four times he should have died. Right. And, and it's like, it, it's like, oh, he's still here. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It was, it was, it was a bit extra. Uh, <laughs> a bit extra. Uh, so, like, there, there were, there were issues there. I'm not gonna lie. Like. To me, that was like the worst. I mean, if you bring the someone the wrong weapon, they're not gonna let you go in with a beating. <laughs> like they're after you failed them one time and then you fail them again. Yeah. They're not gonna be like, "Oh, it's okay. I'm just gonna beat you," and then wow. you go get it again. How, however, though, that scene when he does when they show up at their place and they've got all of their family held hostage. Oh, that I was brutal. Not, yeah, I did not expect that to, that to be that brutal. I was that like, was the Whoa. one interesting. It's like, oh, they actually killed someone in this yeah. movie. It's like, it's they, like oh, okay. They killed brutal. several people. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Dude, I was hoping that if they kill, you know, part of me wishes in in a way for the story solely that they'd killed Grassy's family. No. Like that would have made, <laughs> no, 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 because that would have made the movie so extremely dark. <laughs> and I would have been a little more like, oh wow, like, oof, because I my heart was dropping during that scene. I was like, oh man, yeah. what's gonna happen? Um, I was like, they, I, I was like, are they really gonna kill a kid in a movie? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh! And then they did, it and I was like, oh okay, cool. It's like every I, other spy movie that kids can watch. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess, I like. I mean, they did kill, they did kill people that yeah. they loved. And that was brutal. That was so. Brutal. <laughs> hats off to them for that. That was a good part of the movie. <laughs> it still just was not my favorite movie overall. Arching storyline though. Well, so, I don't know. I personally really enjoyed it. Uh, there was one other point I wanted to make about the fight choreography. Um. This. This is what I mean by I feel like Simon Kimberg wasn't the right person to direct this. Um, <laughs> the whole like whirly cam thing that he was doing during a lot of the fight scenes where it's like turning sideways and upside down and shit like that. I was just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. Like if in one fight scene you like turned it, it was like, oh, that was really cool. Ooh, and then you were just like, let's keep doing it. Like, it was like, dude, like one time, maybe twice, fine. But like every single fight scene, it was like, oh, check it out this way. Ooh, we're going to keep twirling. And it's like, that was one of the reasons why I was like, I was scared for the fight choreography. Because I was like, if you're doing that much with the camera, uh, chances are I'm not going to be able to see so, what's actually happening. But um, yeah. other than that, like, like it, it was cool. It was just, it was just overused. So, I also at after this movie went and saw Kingsman, the new one. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that was good actually compared to this. It was okay. which, <laughs> it was better than three five five. I'll say that. It was, it was better, dude. I, I mean, they're, they're about the same. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. I mean, we probably should have said that earlier too before we got into this, but. Um, for Kingsman. Um, so if you haven't watched it, don't listen to this. <laughs> and in a half, the part where they killed um, his son. That was a shock. That was a oh shock. My God. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> my heart dropped. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. I, honestly, though, that storyline was much better. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> there are more. It, I mean. Okay. <laughs> Scottish Man was a twist. It wasn't a great movie, but it was a, it was a it was a pretty good movie. It was it was solid. It was a solid film. Yeah. I think this was a solid film. Um, and, and 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 I come to the same conclusion. I want more Kingsman movies and I want more 355. <laughs> just give me Kingsman and <laughs> scrap 355, put these ladies in a better movie. And no, what, give, no. us give, us, want, give us that. I want no, because here's why. I, no, give them the give them the movie they deserve. This is no. the movie they deserve. And here's why. I don't think... say that because I, I did not <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm like, I love the fact that we took four like legitimate Academy Award worthy uh, uh, actresses. Actually, I think two of them have won Academy Awards. Like, so you know what I'm saying? We took four Academy level actresses, put them in an action franchise, franchise being the key word, right? I think that like and, and and that it's new right it's not like a rehash of something else so it's not like a new charlie's angels or it's not like a new um i don't know they would have been better in charlie's angels i honestly they would have but still <laughs> like they have their own thing i love that they have their own thing and i just want it to be a franchise i think there are ways to build around these characters build around this this idea that we can explore like even at like again like it i'm not saying that it'll win any awards at all it doesn't have to but i think it is a fun action idea that i think could branch off into at least three films so let's go ahead and give our final ratings zach why don't you kick us off what did you what's your final rating 2.5 for Penelope Cruz. Then all those stars go to her. The rest, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> not, not, not any disregard to the actions. They did great for what they were given. Um, but honestly, without Penelope Cruz, I think I would have really hated this movie even more. So, wow. yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to go a solid three and a half stars. Um, like I said, I dug it. Uh, I could I could watch this again like that to me is always a, is always a plus when I could watch a movie again and uh I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the fighting like I said oh uh, one other thing I meant to point out was um you know these are women from different countries and one of the things that I think should be emphasized on if they definitely do uh another film is that the distinction between uh their styles because of their nationality. Like we saw like a little bit of it with uh, Bing Bing Fan, who like, you know what I'm saying? She's really skilled with like a, a bow staff. Cool, you know what I'm saying? That like, that's great. Her, her style from being Chinese should be a lot more loose fitting, a lot more uh, straight uh, Kung Fu style. Um, you had Diane Kruger who was, uh, I think she was German. So like that one's definitely more of a, um, hardcore not hardcore but more like hard stances hard face that uh you got an american that one should be a little bit loose uh you have a british person so that one should be more free form you got uh well she's not really an assassin but she can develop her own style being from colombia so you know what i'm saying like i think there's there's room to uh to play with that but uh you know it's an even better diversified movie Eternals. Go watch that if you haven't seen it. It's on Disney Plus now. 100%. I agree. Lots of diversity. Perfect. <laughs> so two and a half stars from Zach because he's a hater and three and a half stars from me. Uh, if you have not hey, seen the 355, which I know millions of you have not, <laughs> please go and check it out. I do think it is worth the time. Yeah, they might get another one person. So that's eight in total. So I'm hey. just kidding. <laughs> Boost those numbers up. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, uh, also, just want to say Eternals is not a perfect movie. It's a really great movie. Sorry. Just want to clarify that. It's a still <laughs> really great movie, but it's not a perfect movie. So, uh, all right, cool. Well, Phoenix, you want to tell them what we're talking about next? All righty. So, we are 
in 2022. It is um, the second Happy week of 22. Year. Happy we New Year. We, I don't think we have. So Happy, Happy New, New Year. year. Um, <laughs> three weeks later. Three it's weeks fine. later. <laughs> but uh, we had a great 2021. It was a great year for films. Uh, so we decided we're going to gather our top five best and our top five worst films of 2021. Share them with you guys. Uh, I saw well over 100 films, 100 2021 releases this year, um, which is more than anybody else has seen, <laughs> uh, at least that I know. So I'm going to have a wide range of movies that uh, to pick from. And uh, I'm sure Zach is going to have a very interesting bunch of films <laughs> as well. So uh when we get Brandon on uh probably next week we'll all, we'll also ask him what his top five best and worst were so uh Zach why don't you kick us off let's starting with your fifth worst film of 2021 all right <clears throat> so fifth worst film of 2021 unfortunately is Venom Let There Be Carnage um I haven't seen as many movies as Phoenix so my list is going to look a little more limited um but yeah i gave that one three stars um so that's going to be my number five place for work you have venom let there be carnage in fifth yeah um surprisingly i have it lower which is crazy because i really hated that movie but apparently i hated five other movies a little bit more than that so uh in fifth for me i have the michael b jordan led film without remorse uh, it was on uh, Amazon Prime. It was a Tom Clancy film. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is a great, great actor, um, but this was not it. <laughs> this, this was not it. I know we just talked about 355. 355 is a better film than Without Remorse. <laughs> like, like a much better film. Uh, so uh, I feel sorry for Michael B. Jordan. Um, I hope he's got better projects uh, coming out the pike soon. All right, Zach, what do you got in fourth? Fourth, I have Love Hard. Uh, it's a Netflix movie. Um, it's a very basic, cheesy rom-com. And that's that's about the premise of the movie. Someone gets catfished, and they go <laughs> through it. And there are funny moments in it. Um, but overall, it was just okay, you know? Yeah. So, um, so Love Hard is in my fourth. Uh, right. worst movie of 2021 so in my fourth and it kind of pains me to say this uh, again talking about an actor that i really enjoy most of the time but uh delivered one of his worst works <laughs> in 2021 and that is a uh, cry macho starring uh clint eastwood uh this was a film that we talked about on this show um a few weeks ago uh yeah it was it was such a black it was such a bland film they really had nothing to offer and the kid actor and it was so bad. It was really hard to sit through. Um, so it, 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 it was so bad it made my top five worst. That is Cried Macho. Uh, shout outs to Clint Eastwood, hope he's, hope he's doing okay. <laughs> but that, that was not it. All right, Zach, what do you got for number three? Number three, I have Old. Um, that movie just did not do it for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't, I think it could have, I was so excited to see it. And then I saw it and I was like, uh, for a horror, I know it like, it wasn't meant to be rated R, but I really wish it would have been. Mm. I think it would have been so much better personally. Like mm. there was so much potential there. And for me, it just really missed the mark, but yeah. That was a solid premise. I'm not gonna lie. Like for old, that was a solid premise, and I it it could have been better. <laughs> like I enjoyed it, but it, it still could have been better. Uh, and nice shout out for you. What can you say? <laughs> uh, so my number three. This one's gonna ruffle a few feathers, uh, particularly on film Twitter. But uh, my number three is Shiva Baby. Uh, this is a movie, uh, independent film directed by Emma Seligman. Uh, starring Rachel Sinai, it was a nightmare to sit through. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare to sit through. Uh, it's about a girl who's doing, uh, she's a sugar baby. 
You know what I'm saying? She's a sugar baby. And uh, one of her clients is, comes to a shiva that her family is hosting uh, with his wife and young daughter. So it's awkward, right? Totally awkward. But um, here's the thing. Like, people in awkward situations, do you know what they do? What? They don't act awkward. <laughs> <laughs> they, they let stuff go because they know it's awkward. We'll, we'll let this time pass because it's awkward, and then we'll talk about it later. But not in this movie. No, they have to highlight how awkward everything is, and then they have to show people how awkward everything is because they know each other, and they're sleeping together on the side, and his wife is there, and yada, yada. And I'm like, you know, if it's that awkward, you know what you could do? Leave. You, yeah. you could leave. The door's <laughs> right there. You can leave. I was literally watching this movie going, why doesn't she leave? There's a moment where she actually goes outside. You can leave. You can leave right now. It's the dumbest movie I've seen all year. <laughs> it really is. It's one of the dumbest movies I've seen all year. I'm sorry for everyone who, who did it. I know a lot of people like it. To me, it, was, it, it, it got on my nerves because it was just so illogical. I could not stand it. So for me, that, that's one of the worst movies of the year. Shiva Baby, number three. I just couldn't take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you have at number two, Zach? Number two, I have Red Notice. Um, another Ryan Reynolds movie. And, you know, I listen, I, I used to think like, oh, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan because I love Deadpool. And as I continue to watch more, I'm noticing kind of a pattern here. And it just gets less funny every time so red notice two and a half stars uh it was a, once again a very generic movie um talking about generic storyline they go after an artifact um there is a twist at the end which was like the one good part of that movie <laughs> um but overall the rest of it was it was okay <laughs> all right uh number two talk about a movie that I, I don't know why, but I had high expectations for. <laughs> and um, man, it, it let me down so, so bad. <laughs> uh, that is this year's reboot, rehash, I guess you could call it, of Mortal Kombat. Um, oh, Jesus, this was so bad. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about that movie. Yeah, like this this was so, so bad. I mean, it, 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 it was unbelievable considering how much IP is out there <laughs> on Mortal Kombat. There's literally like 12 games on Mortal Kombat, like three comics, 14 animation movies. Like, how do you make a movie this bad? And it was atrocious. It was, it was even the act, the fighting, the fighting, which is the entire thing that Mortal Kombat is supposed to be about. Bland is all, is all garbage. Oh my God, it was garbage. When the, when the best character is a bad guy who just like delivers the best lines with an Australian accent, that was the, that was it. That was the highlight of the movie. Everything else you could have thrown it in the trash. It was, it was really really a throwaway movie so speaking of movies with high expectations <laughs> and they can be thrown in the trash i think we should go to my worst movie <laughs> of 2021 one star i hated this movie uh, free guy <laughs> not awful um it the jokes i didn't laugh at any of it it was terrible um <laughs> The storyline was okay. <laughs> it was, I don't even want to say okay. It was, it was trash. The whole, the whole movie should just never have been made. I was so excited because Ryan Reynolds was with Korg on the couch talking about this movie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be really funny. And it was really, really terrible. <laughs> like the humor was awful. Everything about that movie was awful to me. To be honest, I think one star is being kind of generous. Oh my so God. it was I I hate that movie. 
Like it's, I would never watch it again ever in my life. I would rather burn my eye sockets out than watch that movie. I'm sorry, Ryan. You're a nice guy. I don't have a grudge against you, but that movie just wasn't it, man. It was, it was terrible. I I think now is the time to mention that I saw Free Guy in theaters four times. (laughs) Oh, I love that movie. Absolutely love that movie. It's one of my favorites of the year. Fantastic. Oh, like, like, no. like it, it's a great film. I don't know what was wrong with your, your screen. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what parts they took out, but but Free Guy was amazing. I'm sorry. I didn't drink the Kool-Aid before. <laughs> uh, we got to get this guy some Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So my number one, you know, it's interesting because you got a number one that I really enjoy. I have a number one that several people enjoyed and I am, I'm much like you where I'm like, I don't get it. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you guys liked about this movie uh, because I found it to be a complete and utter dumpster fire. Like the, the way that you feel about Free Guy, I feel like that about this movie times 10. (laughs) <laughs> like it God, is, so is this movie it is so awful to me and that is another reboot rehash whatever you want to call it movie 2021's Candyman. i hated this movie <laughs> i hated this movie with a burning passion uh like two reasons two main reasons why Candyman, the original 1992 film, is my favorite horror movie of all time. Period. Full stop. I just love the gothic horror element to it. I love the story. I love the character of Candyman and what he brings, what he is. I love everything about that movie. Everything. The acting, the score, the the visuals, everything. I love it. I was so excited to see this movie because I'm a really big Jordan Peele fan. He, he was the producer of this movie. I'm super excited for Mia DaCosta and her future in, uh, in, in film. This felt like a movie that was done by people who had only heard of Candyman, but did, knew, knew absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> like, that, that's how I felt walking out of this movie. It was so completely idiotic. The decisions that were made were were terrible decisions. I don't know where this movie fell apart, whether it was in the screenplay or the editing room, I have no idea. But it was bland, the kills were unimpressive, the the story was was all over the place. It was just maniacal. (laughs) Like like, if if Mortal Kombat is a throwaway movie, this was a movie that never should have been made. (laughs) Like never should have been made. If you were going to make it this bad, I'm sure if they looked at the future and was like, whoa, this movie is terrible. We shouldn't do this. They wouldn't have done it. <laughs> like, like, cause the overall end product is an absolute dumpster fire of a film. Could not have hated a film more this year. <laughs> like, well, I haven't seen it, but uh, I guess uh, <laughs> I'll come back to you and let you know what I thought. Uh, and, and it is, it is, does have fans it does have fans there are people who really enjoy it i have no idea why because <laughs> everything about this film was awful <laughs> like utterly awful I, I mean everything so i was i was very 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 upset with this film right, talk about movies we love <laughs> yes i think it's time like we got that <laughs> awfulness out of the way Whew. I felt like we was holding on to that for all of 2021. So let's unburden ourselves. Let's talk something good. What is your fifth best film of 2021? Fifth best film 2021 uh, is going to be Eternals. Four and a half stars. Love (laughs) that movie. Um, I just watched it again last night. Still loved it. (laughs) The characters are amazing. The development in that the character development in that movie within the short amount of time is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I love I love that movie. I thought it was Marvel's. Besides Spider-Man No Way Home, 
I think it was Marvel's best project yes. of 2021. I, hands I, down. I am inclined to agree. I am definitely inclined to agree. Um, I really loved Eternals. Uh, watched the game yesterday. <laughs> uh, we were bored at work. I had two hours to kill. I was like, you know what? Eternals. Oh, is on you Disney watched it Plus. yesterday? Yeah, I, I like watched it on my phone while at work. I was like, you know what? I dig this movie. I just dig it. It's so yeah. cool. I love the story. I'm into the lore. Like, I, I'm very excited with where they can go with this. Um, I love Makari, <laughs> like hands down. Oh, hands yeah. down, love Makari. So Druig, Druig, Icarus, yeah. I mean, they're all. Bastos, I mean, like I'm, I'm in love with this movie. I, I dig the characters. I thought it was great. <laughs> so. We are right there. Unfortunately, Eternals did not make my top five, uh, just outside of it. But uh, coming in at number five is another Disney film <laughs> okay. that I've bigged up the entire year. And, uh, and everyone, I don't care what anyone says, this movie is incredible. It is, it is seriously the best thing that Disney has done. With their I'm live action see what remake. you're about to say here. It is Cruella. Yes. <laughs> Cruella no. starring Emma Stone no. and Emma Thompson. Yes. Oh, it is no. incredible. The best of the Disney live action remakes. Um, loved it. Loved it. That Top was one movie. <laughs> I will tell you, this was one movie. We're going to disagree on this. <laughs> I was fully awake. Plenty of sleep. <laughs> Totally fine. I fell asleep halfway through that movie. <laughs> I have yet to finish it. <laughs> I saw Cruella in theaters three oh. times. I love this movie. Love it. Emma Stone is incredible. The way she transforms into this role. I mean, if you saw her in La La Land or Easy A, you probably would La be La like, Land. yeah, I know, right? But you probably would be <laughs> like, there's no way she can play this role and she kills it she freaking kills it i think she's amazing i love that movie we'll defend it to the end of time cruella the best thing that disney's done one of the best things that disney's done this year like <laughs> cruella without a doubt that's that's cracks my top five where do you got at number four number four so number four is going to be king richard um, slightly slightly better than Eternals um, I love that movie yeah. Will Smith is amazing in that movie uh, I'm not even a huge tennis fan I love that movie Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really great movie to watch um, yeah that's going to be number four it follows the story of um, Serena and um, <laughs> Venus Venus, sorry, Serena and Venus Williams. Follows the story of Serena and Venus Williams and their father and how they grew up. And it was, oh, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was such a great movie. <laughs> I that, really, that to me is number four. Yeah, I really enjoyed King Richard. I thought that was a great film. Really, really uh, inspiring, really emotional. Will Smith killed it. Oh my God, it was so good in that movie. Uh, I, I I am not a big tennis fan, and literally after it, I spent like three hours watching old Serena and Venus tennis matches. I was like, dude, these girls are great. <laughs> like, they were right. phenomenal. So I'm like, and it was funny to me because I was watching King Richard, and I was like, knowing who Serena and Venus Williams are, and I was like, Man, I really hope these girls make it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, like, I really hope they make it. <laughs> Not knowing, like, oh yeah, they're the two greatest tennis players of all time. Of course they make it. So yeah, King Richard was a fantastic movie. Um, just outside of my top five, uh, but loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, coming in at number four, I'm. I think everything on my list, I'm gonna have to defend. <laughs> rigorously because I feel like I love a lot of things that people were low on or soft on but uh number four for me is Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch uh I freaking love this movie as a writer there's no movie speaks to you quite like The French Dispatch I mean just a love letter to language to, to storytelling to writers 
to to old timey like French magazines, man. The the colors in this movie sensational. The performances incredible. This movie made me a Timothy Chalamet fan. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I really love this movie. Benicio del Toro kills it. Adrian Brody kills it. Leah Saido kills it. Uh, I, I, I freaking loved it. That's Total another story. movie that I think we might have watched different ones. I don't know which <laughs> one we saw. But... Oh my God. Hey, I... but you know what? I will say it's a very artsy movie for uh, cinephiles. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it... I, I think that's where it appeals to me, where it's like very, see, very artsy. Uh, to me, it was uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's that's all I'm gonna say about that film. I I, I was adored it. Disappointed with it. I adored it. I, I love the French Dispatch. Uh, Jeffrey Wright scene entirely could have like truly could have been the whole movie, and I would have been thoroughly satisfied with that. The movie like the movie was great, and I just love the creativity, the story, and like I said, as a writer, 100% appeals to to me. So that's my number four. The French Dispatch. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> Zach, what do you what do you got? Let's see. So number three for me is going to be West Side Story. Mm. Um, I don't know how you get. I mean that that really spoke to me. Um, it's musical. It's about back in the was it the sixties, right? Yeah, I guess it's like roughly when it took place and in new york and the rivalry between puerto rican gang um and a caucasian gang and um it was really good really spoke to me they come together in the end um beautiful story performances were amazing um i hate musicals i love this movie so that says a lot for that movie um yeah it's gonna be number three for me 2021 i loved it uh I too thoroughly enjoyed West Side Story right up until the end. <laughs> like last thirty, last thirty minutes really kind of destroys it for me. But um, I do think it was one of the best films of the year, uh, despite that. But does not make my list, of course not, because everything me and Zach have is different apparently. So number three for me is a little known movie that I don't think many people have seen, but I will advocate for and talk about consistently because. You need to see it. It's a thoroughly, I won't say entertaining. It's actually a thoroughly devastating film, (laughs) but it's so good. And I think so important and so needs to be seen and talked about. And that is Mass uh, starring uh, Jason Isaacs, Reed Burney, Martha Plimpton, and Aaron Down. Yeah, a lot of people haven't seen it. It's a Bleecker Street film. So they suck at promoting (laughs) their movies. Um, I think it's available on VOD at this point. So like you can pay to see it if you want. Um, it's going to be the sleeper of, of award season. Like, I don't mean like, you know, it's going to sneak in and, and win awards. I mean, like it'll go past award season. And then like years later, people will be like, why didn't this movie win every award? <laughs> like, that's how good it is. Uh, Fran Kranz d- directs it, wrote and directed it. It is a, it feels like a play. It all takes place in one room for the most part, but it's such a visceral experience of a movie, like an incredibly visceral experience of a movie, witnessing uh, uh, two parents uh, dissect what happens after a mass shooting, uh, one that was committed by one couple's son that resulted in the death of the other couple's son. So it's a really, really visceral film it really takes all of the politics out of it and really just gets down to, to the core of what we are as human beings. I really love this movie. Really, really loved it. I think it's fantastic. It's one of the best of the year. So for me, Mass at number three. I, again, I know many people haven't seen it by now, but if you get a chance to, come, if you come across it, check it out. Fantastic film. So coming in at number two for me is going to be James Bond, No Time to Die. What a film. What a film. I mean, it it, it is the 
I don't even know how to explain it to be honest. Like words <laughs> can't even describe this movie. Like it is, it is so good, so well made. There, there, it it does everything perfectly you would want in a James Bond film, mm-hmm. and it the conclusion after watching all the other Bond films with Daniel Craig, I it, it oh my gosh, it's, it's <laughs> amazing. I can't like I don't even know the words to describe it. It it was so so good. It was um, so good. <laughs> like you just you just sit there and watch, and your mouth is just like open the entire movie, yeah. like. I gotta, I gotta tell you a story. So I went, I saw No Time to Die. I was late. Like, I think I went like the third weekend was out and I went to like an early screening. So I was the only person in, in my theater. And I was literally like, as the credits were rolling, I was mouth wide open, like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. And like, I was stuck there for a minute. The guy started to come in to clean the theater. And I was like, okay, I gotta get out of here. And I started putting all my stuff, you know, getting ready to go. One of the guys goes, hey, did you like the movie? I was like, yeah, it was great. He's like, yeah, I liked it too. It wasn't the best of the Bonds, but I thought it was great. I was like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> I, was like, I was like ready to fight. I was like, what the? like, I'm like, did you see that final? Like, are you, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> oh my God, I loved it. I loved it. I, w- I was so angry at that guy. Shout out Daniel Craig. <laughs> we loved having you as Bond. Man. Thank you. Like, it was, it was a pleasure to watch. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I freaking I loved No Time to Die. Um, not on What's my best. Two? Not on my best, obviously, because like I said, <laughs> we have completely different lists. This is what happens when you watch over 100 movies <laughs> a year. You're, you're going to have some difference. So uh, number two, my number two and my number one are literally like, like inches away from each Mine other. Too. Like they're 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 so fantastic. Well, actually, no, mine blows number two out the water. So <laughs> like they're, I think they're the two best movies of the year. So uh, for number two, little French film called Titan, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> directed by Julia de Cornell. Uh, she directed Raw back in 2016, I want to say. Uh, this film won her the Palme d'Or prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, it is the it is such a great film. It is a really like deep, incisive exploration of not even an exploration, sort of like a deconstruction of patriarchy, of gender, of sex, of humanity. Like it's it's a really dark film in the beginning, and then it becomes this really tender, sweet, awkward love like parental love story uh it's so it 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 is the weirdest movie (laughs) of the year without question it is 100 the weirdest movie of the year but there's so much like tenderness and heart and sweetness to it in all of its like darkness and and discomfort and body horror there's body horror in this as well um but I loved it. I think Julia the Cornell's direction is visionary. Uh, Agathe Roussel, who's the lead lead actress in the movie, I mean, fearless, like wild abandon. She she gives her all to this movie. Vincent Lindon, who who's a supporting actor in the movie, also incredible. Like, this is a movie that I can't say too much about because I don't want to give it away. Like, you have to go into this movie blind and just check it out and come away with your your own uh, experience with it. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So we, we're here. Number one, Zach, tell the people. Hey, number one. <laughs> tell the people I mean, what number one movie I'm just going to go ahead and say, spoiler alert, because the moment I say this movie, I can't stop talking about <laughs> what happens in it. So spoiler alert for my Spoilers. number one. Spider-Man No Way Home. My God. What a movie. Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about childhood, nostalgia, (laughs) memories. Everything was perfect about this movie. The way the villains led up to it. You can hear more about it on our episode about my thoughts on it. Um, We did a Spider-Man No Way Home uh, episode. um, So go check that out um but 
man, what a phenomenal movie. Yeah. We almost didn't get this movie. Mm-mm. I mean, it was fan service. Um, yeah. It's, but no, it was, it was fan down, service overall. delivered in a way that was so good. I mean, so good. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was like, it was like. Now, I saw this movie four times in theaters. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw this movie. <laughs> I might but. see it still more, so because <laughs> it's still out in theaters currently. So. Oh my god! Yeah, like that. That movie is like going to a restaurant that, like, you go into your favorite restaurant, and then that day in particular, they just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> like, like everything was fresh, fantastic, tasted great, service was great restaurant looked great you know what I'm saying? like everything it was the ultimate experience spider-man no way home man i mean come on like uh there are moments in that film that i still i'm like i get chills about it. like i'm like jesus christ oh, yeah. so good <laughs> so good i With mean that being said i want to know now what your number one is now we talked about a few movies that we've seen in theaters like four or five times, right? Uh, I saw this movie in theaters twice. But oh. then it then it dropped on Netflix. So I've now seen it 13 times. <laughs> it is, without a doubt, my favorite movie of the year. I love this movie. I will advocate for this movie until the end of time. And it is Tick tick boom (laughs) i freaking love this movie stars andrew garfield uh in his in his arguably because he's had a lot of them but arguably best performance of the year even though he was in spider-man no way home which he also delivered an amazing performance in uh he was so good in this he plays jonathan larson who was the uh playwright of uh, one of the biggest musicals of all time, Rent. Um, this is directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, one of his four projects this year. Uh, I, I think his best project of the year. Um, I mean, the music in it is incredible. Andrew Garfield sings his ass off. It's amazing. Robin DeJesus as uh, Robin DeJesus should be in the running for best supporting actor. I don't care what anybody says. He's amazing in this movie. The movie is incredible. It like much like the French Dispatch, it's a movie about creatives and and the story of failure. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a biopic and oftentimes biopics start with like the rise and fall and then rise again of 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 a person. This one is really about like what it takes to get that success. And then what it's like when you fail and then you have to pick yourself up and try again. And to me, that that speaks to every creative in the world who's ever wanted to make movies, who's ever wanted to sing, who's ever wanted to dance, who's ever wanted to write, the whole nine. Like sometimes you're going to put your all into something and then it's not gonna work. And then what do you do next? That to me is what this film like spoke to me about. It's what I connected with the most. And it's why I can't stop watching it. So it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, number one by half an inch, because Titan is fantastic, is Tick Tick Boom. Uh, loved it. So let's run through it again. Top five best, starting with number five. Zach, what do you got? So, so we're starting with number five on my worst. Best. Best. So number five, Eternals. Number four, King Richard. Number three, West Side Story. Number two, No Time to Die. Number one, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Excellent list. Excellent list. I got number five, Cruella. Number four, The French Dispatch. Number three, Mass. Number two, Titan. And number one, Tick, Tick, Boom. 2021 was a great year. Great year for movies. Uh, as you can see, we, <laughs> we uh, like... I loved everything on Zach's list and none of it made mine. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's how good 2021 was. 
everything he mentioned was some of my favorite movies of the year and and still none of them made my list so like that's incredible that's how good of a year it was if you had to suffer through the 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 candy mans and the 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 red the free notices guys. <laughs> the free guys you had to you want to say that. the free guys <laughs> had to suffer through that to get to the best and it, it was all worth it so uh let's go ahead we're gonna get on up out of here guys zach let everybody know where they can find you sir you guys can find me on twitter at zach Sneath. that is z-a-c-h Sneath. s is in sam and is nancy e-a-t-h and you can find me on um letterbox at z sneaks all right guys and you can find me on twitter at imho reviews one that's number one and on letterbox under pa clouding and as always, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.